Yeah, you look extra white today. <laughs> you look like you had mayonnaise on your sandwich this morning. I do. I look spreadable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so white. Oh, that's um, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited by tragedy, getting a tan, but you're getting you can't a tan. really see. You can't really tell. Is that your driving arm? You're no, no, they both. Arm. Although, if you'll notice, my hands are actually darker than my arms. Nope. And that's because I went, we were doing a, uh, a 5K fundraiser at the library. And so I was outside for like hours and I put sunscreen on, but I think I washed my hands. <laughs> No, it's because yeah. of your, your librarian sweater. That's exactly Don't, what I was thinking. Uh, it's a librarian not sweater. Wearing a sweater. <laughs> it's a cardigan. It definitely was not cardigan, wearing a obviously. sweater in like 90 degree heat outside. <laughs> if anyone would do that, it would be a librarian. Exactly. Uh, not the librarians I work with, but. Oh, hey, send me some, some of their information. Well, hold on. Let's Welcome to the Tragedy Academy, <laughs> a show created to bridge societal divides in a judgment-free zone using candor and humor. My name is Jay, and I am joined by my co-host, Gary. What's going on, brother? How you doing? I am doing well, my man. And then we have a special episode today. We are joined by our project manager, our librarian, our archivist, our historian, our master of all things information, Jennifer Vane. How's it going, Jennifer? Good. Doing good this morning. Excited. Excited for You're this excited. episode. So. Jennifer's going to- I you know you can't tell about. from what's happening on my face right now, but I'm excited internally. Going to be great. Did you hear the Rocky theme when you got up this morning? No, I didn't. <laughs> I play that a lot of mornings. Like, is it not. like a librarian's Rocky? Oh my gosh. Like, I do that. <laughs> you guys don't do that? I do, I, I do that. Like a you lot, that? actually. Uh, like pretty mm. often. Exactly. I always have it's some Rocky kind of theme. theme song going on in the background of my head when I do things. No, I play that like loudly while I'm getting ready in the morning. <laughs> I really do. That is probably very motivating. <laughs> it is. I feel disturbing. like that'd be very motivating. I'm Italian. I grew up he in the studies. Like early though, like when he's still in the bathroom. I do like, scrolling through TikTok <laughs> with. I do. I hundred percent do that. Background. I do. I one. Yeah, I do that exact thing. I you can control the. Hey, you know, you whatever gets you going Rocky. in the morning. It's right when I'm like, done pooping and I get out and I like jumping around, like shadow boxing in the living room. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm not joking about any of this. This is the I'm stuff that my wife is subject to when people aren't around. There are there are things that she gets disturbing views of me doing stupid shit like that. She's Italian from Jersey. Every dude she grew up with did this shit. I guarantee it. When in the eighties, Rocky Italian, that was our guy. Like we all thought we could beat up everybody. I used to put my swim trunks on and my bathrobe and kick the shit out of my brother all the time. Like I was like walking down to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, he uh, yeah he hates the Rocky theme, swim trunks, and bathrobes. To this day, it's a PTSD like moment. <laughs> it's, it's, it's trauma. He flinches when he opens up the closet <laughs> in the hotel room because there's oh he's like oh god, and he works at he worked at a hotel for like ten years too. He's probably <laughs> terrified. <laughs> there were no ropes in that hotel. It was all towels around the waist. Yeah, they call down the front desk like I need a rope. Like, what do you need it for? <laughs> uh, also, well, sorry, uh, Jennifer, take over yeah, the show. Because, um, yeah, we clearly we're not capable of discussing <laughs> authors, libraries, and things like that without being jackasses. True. Um, I mean, that's fine. That's on. That's on brand. That's on brand for the show. You know. 
There's nothing wrong what, with being yourself. What makes us lovable, I'd like to think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I tell myself that. Hold on. We've got oh, some sirens nice. coming. I'm oh, hoping that the, I have my little sound shield up right now, so we'll see. Yeah, that, that, like they're right in my lip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand a chance. It's that what team. All of the uh, Cleveland in me is saying, "Bail, bail, bail." Yeah. <laughs> where's the, where's the quickest exit? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just saw all of a sudden book it towards the back door. <laughs> Gary's um, suddenly below all windows. <laughs> um, you just said book it, which is one of the topics I want to discuss during this podcast. Oh, oh yes. Okay, okay cool. Yeah. Back um, on brand. Yeah, just, just, so, was well, I, I was really pleased because the garbage truck just came by earlier and they were clunking everything around or the recycling. And according to Riverside, my mic was not, was not registering anything. So it's doing something, um, it's which good. is good. Um, all right. So yeah, TA library episodes. Uh, what does that mean? What can you expect? Uh, from these episodes. And I think I like to think of these episodes, given our academy theme, this is like continued education or like after school study session. Um, And much like a real library, these episodes are going to be a place to do a lot of different things, which is great. Uh, We'll be doing a little bit of what we call in the library world, reader's advisory, which is giving people book recommendations. And we'll also be digging into the archives. We'll be learning about some book and library history, which um, I think a lot of people are surprised it's much more interesting than, than you would expect. It's uh, not just all the Dewey Decimal System. It's, it's no, no. <laughs> um, By the way, I, I just I exercised say... all of my library vocabulary right there. I dropped that bomb <laughs> up front. I wanted to be the one to use it because I know that it's <laughs> it's a hot all one. I got too, so great Dewey decimal uh well you know that's there's actually like heated debate about Dewey decimal system so maybe we'll talk about that at a later time um and of course we'll be supporting authors that come onto the show this will be in a more space to talk about their work or things related to their work you know and i'd also like to take the opportunity to talk about the library and publishing fields there's a lot of drama um that goes on there's a lot of drama, man, especially in the in the rise of like cancel culture and stuff. There's there's a lot of mm. interesting conversations that are happening um, in the publishing field, in the book space. And there's just a lot more cultural and social significance than I think a lot of people realize when it comes to public libraries um, and publishing. Um, which I, is- I like that because I, I want to also caveat that with I, I'd want to understand what influences major publishers carry in society today and what they've mm. carried over time. Because media that we take in now has a very short lifespan, but we forget that books were the first form of media that you could take in and they're published in larger groups. I mean, there's a lot of influence to be had in that. I'd love to have those conversations around that. Also, the NFT structure for publishing now. Oh, yeah. There is there is controversy on that as well. So that's definitely something we can talk about. Um, just like, you know, the first example that comes to mind is in the wake of um, the murder of George Floyd. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of unrest um, socially in the United States and across the world. And, you know, this discussion of systemic racism was applied to a lot of different things. And that also included the publishing field. Um, if you think about it, 
publishers hold an enormous amount of influence in that they are the ones that get to decide what voices are being heard. And Mm -hmm. when historically you have people of color being almost entirely excluded from that, then what are people reading? They're only reading white voices, you know, so that's that's a whole conversation that's been happening for uh, several years, but I think particularly in the wake of George Floyd. Um, So, yeah, like I said, cultural, social significance um, on that topic, just for one second. Yeah, because you brought up George Floyd and you talked about color people of color not being represented throughout time and publishing and things like that. And I'd seen a a video a while back that pointed something out that really floored me in books. Um, All of the civil rights movement photos are in black and white in the majority of publications when there were clearly color photos. And Mm. it was inferred that it was to give the impression that it was longer ago than it actually was, or that it was something that had been overcome and was from the past. And that really resonated with me because it did bother me that they were always black and white. Why is it that every photo I saw of Martin Luther King was in black and white when, for God's sakes, and JFK is standing there in full color? Yeah. Yeah. There was definitely Technicolor. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Um, no, that's a really interesting, that's a really interesting video too. That's a interesting thought. Um, I'd never, I'd never thought about that before. I hadn't either. That's why uh, I brought it up. It really just, yeah. when you said that, it, it, that tells me that there's influence that is not, that's not paid attention to. Yeah. And it could be I, even implicit. That's, that's just like, yeah, the, all the underpinnings and subtleties of media in general have a huge impact that we're largely unaware of because I think most people are very uncritical in how they consume any type of media. Um, Mm. So yeah, you're going to see these pictures in a history book and black and white is centuries ago to kids these days. (laughs) Kids these days. So that phrase just came out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's that's forever ago. I had black and white TV still like as very young. It was, they were old obviously, but they still existed like in our basement and shit. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not, it's, yeah, I think, I, I do think even though I had that and I see black and white, my brain says, wow, that's like a long time ago. You know, I don't really that's, think yeah. about it, but yeah. it does feel like it was a really long time ago, even though it wasn't. I'm not inferring that this is from a position of malice either. This could be the, the desire to need racism to go away or to make it, you know, not as prevalent in somebody else's mind. They could be thinking they're doing something good. Who knows? No. Nah. They're not. Obviously, it was done for money. Probably. Okay, so I'm just trying to look mm. better in humanity. In, in, <laughs> but I, I'm not getting it. <laughs> All right, I flip-flopped. I'm with you. I wouldn't have brought it up yeah. if I didn't think otherwise. Yeah, I mean, if, if, yeah, if, if I, it... I, I tend to assume bad intentions. But... I try not to. Yeah, it's it's money. Okay, sorry. So we derailed you again. <laughs> um, no, that's okay. I mean, um, I hope that this is, yeah, this will be a space where we can have those kinds of conversations related to books, of course, but it's always going to bleed out into other things too, because people tend to not realize how influential books, um, reading, literature, the whole thing is. Um, so We'll be discussing many, many things in TA Library episodes and anything book related. I'll try and find a way to bring it in. Um, so who I am I? Yeah, I, um, I'm i really excited about this, as I said before. Um, 
why am I here, though, is the question that I'm going to answer next. Um, who am I? Why am I doing these episodes? Um, I know I've kind of, have I introduced myself on the podcast? Or no. have you guys just introduced? We yeah, just okay. introduced Hi. you. You're Oz still. Oz. I'm behind the curtain. <laughs> You're behind the curtain still. Um, yes. Hi, hi, dear listeners. Uh, I'm Jennifer. Um, I am the host of the podcast Big Book Energy, which we'll say has been on hiatus. Well, you <laughs> for you the had a co-host that that took I a did, um, yeah. took a sabbatical to work on their their uh, education, right? Yes. Yeah, so I originally started this podcast with my co-host Paige. This was in the fall of 2019. We recorded our first episodes in January of 2020. So very interesting time. Um, funny story. One of our very first episodes or one of the early episodes, uh, I had picked a book that I was going to be presenting for the episode. And it was um, The Great Influenza, which was a history of the Spanish flu or the 1918 flu pandemic. And we were, I was reading this and talking about it as we're getting all these news stories coming from out of China about this new uh, disease that had been spreading for several That's months. Like, I think, yes, yeah, it was very interesting. So I think a lot of people, I've had conversations with people since then, and they're like, yeah, we didn't know it was coming. And I, I was like, I knew it was going to happen because I had just finished reading this very thick book on the pandemic in the early 20th century and hearing the stories like coming from China and it was starting to pop up in other countries. I'm like, it's happening. It's Wait, happening. that's not when you drink too much tequila? <laughs> Spanish flu? You start dreaming about Chinese pandemics? No, oh. Span the Spanish flu. <laughs> no. Um, oh, no, I thought I had to do with Cuervo. Um, no, the 1918 pandemic was, yeah, just an influenza virus. Yeah, but without the proper medical or, you know, the advancements in medicine that we have now, the flu is the same thing we just went through. It's COVID. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting because, well, this is also another tangent. Um, and I, we talk a lot about this in the episode. But uh, so it was an in, a strain of influenza. Uh, they believe that it hopped over. It was like a form of swine flu hopped over from pigs. Um, and they actually think that it may have started in the United States. Um, yeah, we, and, we, uh, we start all the greatest shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. How we raise animals. Okay. You guys, uh, how we raise animals is, is not conducive to preventing pandemics. I'll leave it at that. Um, but I don't know where I was going with that. And that's really a tangent. So I'm just going to stop that right there. You if you were, guys you want to hear more about it. Energy about the first. Yeah. Yeah. You can go listen to that episode. I think they should listen to that episode. Um, it's, yeah, it's just like the great influenza. I'm pretty sure it's one of our earlier episodes, but yeah, we started that in 2019. Um, and Paige, congratulations to Paige was accepted to a graduate program in Iceland, which is awesome. Um, but also I know, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's on her back looking at stars, like nobody's business. Seeing volcanoes, like glaciers, yeah, gorgeous waterfalls. Can we have her on for thing. an episode? Like, um, yeah, um, what's the internet like in Iceland? <laughs> no, that's a very uh, advanced country. It's fine. Yeah, she okay, was able cool. to record a couple of episodes with us before. You know, I mean, because she was in graduate school and she was learning like three different languages because she was studying like um, Ireland. So, you know, she was learning like 
uh, old Icelandic or like Norse. Like she was doing all these <laughs> languages. And I'm just like, and she was like, I don't think I have time for this. I'm like, I'm sure you don't have time for this. <laughs> Sounds like Gary. Um, yeah, but I'm here. so yeah. Look at Gary. <laughs> yes, this is true. Today. This is true. You are here. I I take that back. Is her? But is you her do have a million Turner. I do. Is her, is her name Paige Turner? No, Paige. You like Paige Turner? No. I'm going to use that for like eight minutes. I'm going to use that for like eight minutes. But um, bum. Okay. Um. So yeah, so once uh, that season kind of ended, you know, it's just been me and I started working full time and it just hasn't been. So, so yeah, it's on hiatus right now, but hopefully in the future it will start um, becoming a regular thing once again. Um, but yeah, what's my story with libraries? Why did I make a podcast on books? Uh, I've always loved books. Always. My mom likes to trot this story out bragging rights. Um, I started reading at three, but I dove straight into chapter books. I didn't go with picture books. Um, Magic Treehouse was my jam. It's a great series. I recommend it to anyone who has kids. No um, It's amazing. Uh, and they're remaking it right now into graphic novels, which is awesome. That's um, cool. I actually, I actually bought copies of the I, I don't not know two. this for any other reason, but we just didn't have books in my home growing up. Yeah, yeah, which that's kind of something I want to talk about later in this episode. So, um, yeah, voracious reader, always a big lover of books, um, not so much a big lover of libraries. And I'm going to let you guys guess why I did not like libraries as a child. Because you, you have to be quiet. You have to be quiet. They smell like you have too many hands quiet. on books. Too gross smell. <laughs> too many hands on books. Okay, you guys are kind of there. Um, for one of the reasons, yeah. Uh, the books were dirty. Okay, they were dirty, especially if you go into a children's library. If you weren't right. snagging that book within the first month of it being out, it's dirty, man. It's dirty. Oh well, yeah, you might as well be licking escalator rails at that point. Um. That's why. And they're worn. And my books as a child and to this day are pristine. Okay. They're pristine. Um, I certainly have never dog-eared a page in my entire life. (laughs) Um, So going to the library and having to get books that like other people had used, like was not something that I was a huge fan of when I was younger. Uh, But the biggest reason (laughs) that I didn't like libraries is because I didn't get to keep the books. I had to bring Oh, them so back. it was something you conquered. Yeah, I, I was very acquisitive with books when I was younger. Like, I was a book collector. I had a huge bookshelf in my home, um, and I wanted, like, a library. I just didn't, like, a, a home library. I just didn't like the fact that I didn't get to keep them. Like, it wasn't like going to the bookstore. Um, so where do you go when you're in a book? What do you mean? What draws you into books themselves, reading? How did that become, like, what, besides the fact that you started when you were three, because there's still so many different modicums of, you know, or methods to take in information or watch things or whatever, but books is where you really found yourself, it seems like. Where do you go or why is it? What transports you inside there? Well, it's 1,000% an escape. Yeah, it's an escape. Escapism is huge. Um childhood wasn't always very fun for me um often not very fun and so reading was a way for me to get away from that situation um and i still 
enjoy now, it's more of a relaxed thing, right? It doesn't feel um, like I am protecting myself. Uh, it's more mm. like this is a entertaining adventure to somewhere else. You know, books are very transportive in that way. Um, for some people, probably movies are, you know, like TV shows, like it's a pause from reality and getting to experience something you wouldn't get to experience otherwise. Um, so as I was younger, that felt like more of a necessity. Um, and now that I'm older, it's, it's a little more uh, enjoyable just for the sake of enjoyment, I think. I can dig that. Um, I utilized when I did finally get, you know, really exposed to any kind of books, um, I landed in the same scenario where I was utilizing them as an, a method to escape. Um, mm -hmm. You had, what was it? The magic tree house. Is that what you said it was? Um, yes. Magic right? tree house. So mine was way, way goofier sounding and not a set of books that anybody else had. And it was the happy Hollisters. Um, and mm. it was like this, it was like, um, almost like a knockoff Nancy drew, um, Sounds where familiar. like a group of wholesome kids would like solve. Yeah. Like, like boxcar you know, children kind of like yeah something like that and they were cool they were a good little escape but then i stumbled onto uh the count of monte cristo and that's actually love that one book. of my favorite yeah. books and yeah, it was it's one of my favorites as well great sandwich i it have is. a i have an episode uh on big book energy about that so so yeah I, honestly i think that's where i i, I kind of grasped a mindset that wasn't the most <laughs> the the most conducive to um mental health you know that revenge scenario hanging out in there mm. the need to prove that you know you're better than what people think you are or something like that but it really resonated with me at the time because it showed you could escape um and i really liked yeah. that and so i i yeah. think that a lot of people are going to like hearing you say that um because it is an escape it's a the use of somebody else's creative mindful moment that they've donated um, yeah. and if it's written correctly, you're, you're getting the opportunity to escape to a world that somebody else created. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. Get your own interpretation too. You know, when you watch a movie, like you're given the visual, right. But when you're reading yeah. a book, like me and you can read the same thing and kind of picture something differently. Uh, yeah. Everybody gets cool. their own screen. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting too. Uh, I think I like the age where I'm at, I was able to. There were like several Harry Potter books because you can like ask someone a question like, what do you think Harry Potter looks like? Is it Daniel Radcliffe? Can you remember what you thought he looked like before that? You know, because like I, I was, I think, around 11 or 12 when the movie, the first movie came out. So I had already read, I think, three, three Harry Potter books were out before the first movie came out. And so I definitely had a vision of what all the characters looked like before that. But I can't remember anymore because that visual that's been given to you has replaced what you have washed and it there's out. a big train coming so nice and so Cleveland jennifer those of you who don't know she's in san francisco next to the rice aroni factory um she uh, she lives <laughs> you're like the only person with a street car next to their house i didn't know this still existed it's like is it really a street car or is it a train no it's a train it's a train. It's Amtrak. I think that was Amtrak. Sometimes it's like big, huge. Bro, worst way to travel. Actual, That's an episode one day. I, I want to not ride really a train bad, for anybody. They, they constantly fly yeah. off the rails and kill everybody. Nah, that's not constant. Not really that often. And they don't kill the people on the train. They kill the no. person that's broke down on the tracks. <laughs> that happens. That happens like. 
Like, right. I don't know, man. I saw a lot of dudes twisted mustaches as a kid with somebody tied to uh, railroad tracks. (laughs) Wait a second. That's a cartoon. (laughs) You had to think about that. You're like, is that a real thing? You're like, thinking about that. (laughs) I'm like, well, you're from Florida, so anything could happen. (laughs) (laughs) There probably is a dude twisting a mustache tying somebody to a railroad track here in Florida. 100 percent Right now. Right, exactly right now. Like with the right alligator now, like yeah. clasped on his ass and like yeah. probably with a silent movie piano in the background playing. Yeah. 100 percent Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Wait, is there pianos in um, silent movies? That defeats the purpose. Never mind. So to get us back on track. Uh, tracks, right? Get it? Railroad. Um but uh, <laughs> oh, oh I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Age Turner. <laughs> Uh, so for me, I think a reading as a child was like very much an adaptive behavior. It was a coping mechanism. But for other kids, you know, it is like this very important access to creativity and imagination growing up, mm. um, which isn't to say that it wasn't that for me as well, but it, it served another purpose too. So yeah, reading, very important for children. Um but I did not like the library and I really did not go to libraries at all until grad school. Uh, I did some research. I think when I was an started, undergrad. I did some research before yeah. I started. I agree with you. Um, one of the things that I was looking at was the fact that these books are disgusting. There's studies on the books. I noticed. And there's machines that clean them and all that sort of stuff. But I'd like to go on record. We've said it in the past. The Tragedy Academy's fecal tolerance is zero. We have a zero fecal tolerance here at the Tragedy Academy. Oh, but I mean, yeah. it. it's everywhere, though. Yeah, but I don't like to think about that. I actually punched somebody for insisting on telling me what was in chicken nuggets before. I'm like, I don't want to know. And they just kept talking about it, so I punched them. Yeah, I'd rather know. not know. I don't need to know that I, either. No, Sorry, you don't not that I can eat them, you again, but, but, you know. I just want to put that out there, that um, in those books. No, I thought about that last night when I went to the library. I'm very germaphobic. Um, if I lend somebody a book... Um, I just rebuy it and let them keep it because I don't want to I pack. don't really lend books, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I don't. I don't know what they're going to do with my book. I, I, I do. That's why I get a new one. For how they're they taking it in the bathroom. The same it's 100% you take your where it's phone. At. Yeah. They're going in the that's bathroom. Buy a new one. 100%. Say, just keep that. Yeah. Uh, and how many bathrooms yeah. has a 20-year-old library book been in? Hundreds. 1,000%. Oh. Just some some guidelines for people that do take out actual physical library books. Always wash your hands. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't eat snacks while you're reading the book. You, um, like, don't do any of that. Just might as well um, suck all the peanuts in a bar bowl. Yeah, oh, like, just like, don't do it. Um, I, I remember the like, day I'm not I saying this that. to, like, scare anyone, but it's just basic hygiene. If you're using a public item, wash your hands when you're done. Like, just do it. I like to um, lick the pages instead of my finger when I turn them. Right, right. Oh, so yeah. your pseudonym is Page Licker. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, you're a well, you're one of those, man. Oh, I so, I remember so like I was finger working, guy. No, I was working I in. Uh, do that. <laughs> God, oh. <laughs> I love that the librarian has the loudest of the rooms. <laughs> I I can't help it, man. Like. I live on a highway. Life is a highway. Um, (laughs) I love that song. You're supposed to keep us on, like, she keeps us on track, but, like, this is her thing, so there's no one to keep her on track, so we're just kind of screwed here. You need to, like, bring in someone. Welcome to the HD that is the tragedy. 
No, I'm saying I'm I like banter. I don't like being on track at all. Like we could go <laughs> all the way this way, but we need you need another person to come in to like oversee this because we can't uh, the cable. Okay. Well, on that note, <laughs> all right. Uh, I didn't step foot into libraries really until I was in grad school. Happy Gary. Um, that's, that's that is interesting because I figured I was picturing you as like after school library. Like never. this was like forever. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh never really set foot at undergrad we would you go there to study for finals but like you certainly weren't using the books in there you know um and then I started a master's program and that was a completely different story and then after my history master's I decided I was going to work in libraries <laughs> so uh, I got my master's in library and information studies and then I really did live in the library because the program was based out of the top floor of the library. So we were always there. I read that. Um, Originally, libraries in New York used to have an apartment that was on top of them for the person that was maintaining the library. Oh, that's interesting. We, I, I mean, I was using, I was living there was an exaggeration, but that's cool. It makes sense, I guess. Like commuting was a problem back in the day. So people probably yeah. live very close to work. You can guard the books. Yeah. You know. There's something oh, to be said important. about that. Um, yeah, especially like with so fires yeah. and stuff, I would assume like when candlelight oh was a thing and, and it was a library and people just get up and elbow that little lantern over, it's a problem. If we can, we will definitely be talking about some library fires uh, it's in these episodes, mm. 100%. Uh, Preservation techniques too, because they've gotten wild now. Yes, yes, very much so. Um, yeah, I actually know some people that are doing specifically conservation programs. So um, it's fascinating. But yeah, uh, went to, got my MLIS and the rest is what? history. What the hell MLIS, that? Master's, that's the master's Sager in Library League. and Information oh, no. Studies. What'd you say it was, Gary? Hold on a minute. That's the, that's, that's the soccer league, right? Like the NFL <laughs> my soccer. My lunch is here while I'm in a show. No. <laughs> oh, I don't get my lunch because nobody loves me. Chick oh, some hate oh, chicken. Yeah. Nice. I was thinking that, but I was going to say <laughs> Well, you can say hi if you want. You're on the episode with uh, library. Taryn loves reading. Yay. <laughs> she said, no, I don't. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> Thank you. No, don't follow the frogs. Um, the Tragedy Academy mascot's trying to stand here with my French fries. Nice. He's got them. Curtains for those fries. But uh, yeah, I master's in library and information studies, MLIS. So it's not like an MA program because that's Masters of the Arts. That's not what it is. Um, so MLIS. And that's a pretty standard degree that you would need if you want to do. Certainly if you want to work at an academic library, it's generally encouraged to have that. Not sometimes not necessary. But if you want to be like a librarian, librarian at a university or a college, you would need that. Um, and any kind of upper level positions in public libraries, you'll need an MLIS. Um, but yeah, so over the past eight years, I've worked in a law library, an academic library. I was in the archives in the academic library and, of course, public libraries. And so this you know, is what I find I'm it interesting to all of that you. It was your escape for the longest time. And it was the place that you found solace and, and that type of thing. And now mm. you have a career that is protecting it that is maintaining it for others to be able to access it in the future and get the same feel out of it. I'm curious, yeah. is there, maybe it's not understood or, or discussed, is there an onus that librarians or archivists or historians feel to give back 
and protect the information that we've had over the millennia? Is that something that, you know, maybe that's their fire? 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's, if you go into archives, it's because you're going into it because you want to preserve, um, things of historical significance, like 1000%. That's why you're doing it. Um, I think in any field, you're going to get people that have just kind of fallen into it and don't really have like a passion for what they're working with. Uh, that'll happen anywhere, but definitely. That's the troll, right? That's the troll in the corner of the dungeon library that hates being in the library. Like the classic. Yeah. Or it's just like, uh, you know, that like stereotype of the librarian who's like yelling at people to be quiet and telling them to shut up. Like, I don't honestly, like to me, I'm like, I'm like that librarian hates their lives. Honestly, like they're clearly not happy. Like, why are they yelling yeah. at people? Like, that's just, I think that they, any they job, don't actually want to do this. Yeah. Uh, the no. yeller is always like the same in every job, I guess. There's or the shusher. Oh, I hate shushers. Yeah. Mm-mm. That shush, people get angry when they do it. They'll do it, and the longer you do it, they'll they'll smack their finger into their lips super hard trying to get you to notice they're shushing. It's a thing. I've never actually seen it in real life. You've never seen an aggressive shusher? Oh, I saw a good one once. Maybe you're you're a little bit younger, so it wasn't as hardcore in the library, because I know when we were in the library, for F's sake, you would get shushed for any single dropping of a pencil, whatever it was, and it was obnoxious. I went to Catholic school. There was hardcore shushing. They I don't know. I just know whenever I have to work in the children's room, there's just constant baby screaming. So yeah, I saw some of that it's not history. quiet. It's not quiet. Libraries are not quiet. I hate quiet. So that's one of the reasons I don't like libraries. Well, I don't say I don't like them. It's they're uncomfortable and it's quiet. I was there yesterday and I thought everything I was doing was just way too loud. I mean, well, I that's like, like that brings like up try the, not to wake your parents. That brings yeah, up it was. the question that I had for you guys, which yeah. was when was the last time you were in the library? And Gary, I am ready to hear about it. Um, I'll let you go first, Jay, since it's going to be a very short answer. Um, 30 years ago. Okay. And moving on. Um, <laughs> no, wait a minute. I vote. I vote. I at least get into a library every four years. Oh, man. When I was in Alabama, you're voting in the churches, <laughs> man. Not at the library. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, he, he isn't he's vote. not far off. And for many of the reasons that you described, um, Jennifer, that is the uh, the state of it. The, you know, the everybody's hands on the books, that kind of thing. But I got to be honest, more so, I didn't grow up with it. And now that I'm mm. into books, they're in my hand. They're always there. They're in my phone. They're on my computer. So the information is there. Um, the nostalgia of cracking a spine is not the same. Thing. Yeah. For some people, that's very important. The physical book. And for others, it's oh, just Oh, it's like not. peeling that plastic thing off your iPhone. Yeah. yeah or like that you piss elbow. somebody off. Pull off somebody's iPhone oh, screen thing spine. for them. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like that when I get a new item. Some people leave it on until it's all like fuzzy and hairy and like gross. I'm like, why don't you take that off? Oh, yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. Just like get it out, like there. Italian people in their like plastic couches. You're married yeah, now. Go ahead and take it off. Yeah. Sorry, tangent again. <laughs> now we're talking about couches. So Jay <laughs> hasn't hasn't been in a library for No, I have not been in a library in a long years. time. So I, I on yeah. base in the military I would go because there were a lot of books there and you didn't have access to a lot of other things, especially when you're overseas and things like that. You would uh use the libraries for all sorts of stuff like that. And, Generally, they had like audio recording areas and 
things like that. So there were other arts being practiced inside the library. It wasn't just a stack of books. So I would go over there and yeah. uh, hang out with friends. We would make music and stuff in there. Um, but aside from that, now I don't have the same nostalgia for it. I have a paperback guy and it, the last time I was there was mm. 2003. Mm. Same with me, actually. 2003 was the last time I think I was like in a library before yesterday. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. So I was very intrigued pretty sure. that you were you were going to visit one Information in age. preparation for yeah. this episode. So please tell me about yeah. your experience. I'm dying to know about it. Well, also 2003, that was the last year I was in college. So like we had to go to the library there. Um, but I never got books out or anything. Um, this is like where I used the internet or uh, like some classes we had. With, there's like meeting spaces there and you'd have to meet yeah. there. But I never yeah. took books out. and I didn't read at all in college. Um, that was like I, I, I read a little bit in high school era. Not very much. College never like for fun. Um, so it wasn't something that I did. And for a lot of the reasons we talked about, I'm like, I'm a germaphobe. I'm also addicted to Amazon. So if someone mentions a book, I just buy it yep. in four seconds. Um, and that it's just at my house the next day or whatever. So I just, I never think like go brute through, you know, hope they have it there. And honestly, it just didn't, it doesn't even cross my mind until meeting you like to talk about, like, I don't know, my brother takes his kids to the library all the time. So that's the only, yeah. like, maybe I'll meet you guys there one time. So I went to the one down the street. Um, and it was weird. Like, it wasn't what I remembered because there's all kind of new stuff. There was like a 3D printing area. There was like yep. a teen zone. Um, there was a DJ studio that had podcasting and DJ classes like advertised. Um, there was like all these meeting rooms with like old ladies like knitting and stuff or they're doing some kind of crocheting in one of them. And then like all different classes. They have hula dancing class there on Friday nights. Like uh, I saw the flyers. Uh, I definitely did. <laughs> um, I, I, I did like, they had the sign in sheet and the guy's like, you don't want to go there. I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, it's not a bunch of hot Hawaiian chicks, a bunch of old ladies. Like, oh shit. Um, so yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So just, yeah. just so you know, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so, toxic masculinity is still alive and well in the library system in case you're wondering. <laughs> the guy did see so say it's just a bunch of old ladies and I'm like, bro, you don't know what I'm into. And he stopped talking. <laughs> you don't know what my search bar looks like. Yeah. I'm like, geez. Uh, no, that brings up a really good point though. Uh, what are, what are the, what are the patron popular? Could we call people that come into library patrons, they patronize the library. What are those populations look like? Who comes into the library? Um, it's people with their kids and the elderly. It was uh, exactly what it was. Really old yeah. people and people with like socioeconomic in the well. range. It yeah. is people that yeah. don't have it money is. to buy books on Amazon at the drop of a dime. Well, I mean, and that's I was going to mention that as well. Um, this kind of brings us, I think, your experience especially brings us into what do you think the role of libraries is in the digital age? Because I think people tend to get boxed into thinking that libraries equal books. And that's just not the case. You know, libraries have been constantly trying to adjust to their patrons' needs since the early 20th century. And what they have to offer has really changed a lot. And that includes digital services, but also things like you mentioned, a variety of educational or just entertainment classes. You can go um, and 
spend time with people in your community and also learn something that is interesting or entertaining for you. Um, you know, my library also has a knitting group that meets every week. I run a program that's for people that like um, journaling and planners and stationery and letter writing and all that kind of stuff. It's no, called Take uh, Notes. Hold on. A um, pause. Time out. You have an yeah. organization it's, group. It's wild. God, you're smart. Like I'm. Oh, I'm not smart. This was going on before when I got oh, hired. I took I over. Like, you you yeah. love being organized so much that you teach other people to be organized. That's amazing. No, I mean I do love. It's organizing, organizing for fun. Things, but like we just meet every week and just organize stuff just because we just talk about sort. different topics. Yeah, <laughs> but um. And then like, you know, uh, we're in summer mode right now. So that means it's summer reading program time, which means there is almost every single day, at least one activity that is being done for kids. Because if you think about it, it's summertime. Um, Can't afford kids are out of school. Where are they going to go? Uh, the libraries in your local communities offer a lot of services in summer because they are trying to provide a place for children to be able to go. With um, a liquor store. <laughs> I don't we think they let you in stuff if you're behind a child my house. Oh, they don't? We we played Street Fighter. They let us in. They didn't really care that much. Yeah. I don't think I don't think they, they let you in anymore. I just have a very vivid memory of walking into a liquor store in Alabama and I like didn't have my ID and they like yelled at me until I left. So I don't think it was probably Sunday because you're not allowed to drink on Sunday because no, no, it was not on Sunday. <laughs> I wouldn't even I wouldn't even have been able to get in through the doors on a Sunday because it would be locked because you, you, yeah, you can't buy liquor on Sunday. But um, yeah, is uh, it one of those that you was... can go to the bar, though? Oh, yeah, no. of course. No. Oh, oh it's like hardcore, yeah. hardcore. I like those where they encourage everybody that drinks to drive. Well, so Tuscaloosa County was uh, so I first started school undergrad in 2009 and i'm pretty sure that tuscaloosa county was still dry on sundays at that time um by the time i was bartending in graduate school um we we could sell out the liquor stores were still closed we could sell and serve alcohol after noon on sundays Got so church in progress right Mayberry. <laughs> what is the, uh, like a lot of places, is the town drunk but, lock himself up too every morning after he's been on a bender boy i travel the for work a lot and a lot of towns have that intense. role it's really intense yeah. um Bro. very weird juxtaposition with the religious culture as well it's just yeah it's anyway, like the, um, oklahoma for sure this is very off topic so we're gonna get back on track here um you asked what they provide in the what they're going to provide what is the library of the future yeah. So what's the role? We, we, well, not necessarily of the future, but like we're in the digital age now. Like what is the role of libraries? There's more computer use there. Yeah. I think there's two things. I think there's one, what you're describing, the social aspect of it, the community aspect, the sharing of all of the information that we have in a community way, face to face. And then I believe that those that are in that position to be maintaining our history, our archives, are things that were not part of the digital age. I think that there is a role in that. And I think it's an honorable role. I think it's one that uh, we should definitely pay attention to. I think that it needs to be given a lot of focus because we're in a cancellation age and mm -hmm. we're not always going to agree with what's being canceled. 
And we've got to have somebody that's unbiased that's going to sit there and, and try to maintain the integrity of yeah. our history. I mean, Dr. Seuss is a piece of shit, but is he a piece of doesn't shit? mean that his rhymes weren't cool. It's Dr. Seuss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't I didn't want to know that one either. He's like way Yeah, he's pretty <laughs> like, bad. He's got probably like thousands of racist oh, anti-Asian so cartoons. So and then if racist. you look now at his Dr. Seuss books, you can see all the Asian racist slaves running around as mouses everywhere. And things uh, like, like that. I, didn't, I didn't even know Dr. Seuss so was a real bad. person until this he's second. So racist. And now I found out these real and shitty. Great. <laughs> <laughs> love you man i guess i didn't have to like feel bad about it now i'm like i just didn't even know that was a thing no you <laughs> you were better off not knowing yeah, he I thought, existed. Yeah, yeah i thought that was like a character that was not only did you find out he existed you found out he was a racist yeah well you're no the more pop on pop for me kicked across the room like an angry yeah i mean husband. who the fuck wants green eggs and ham anyway like if that shit's green i'm sending that shit back i oh my gosh okay <laughs> so read across america did you guys do read across america where you'd have like the random day in elementary school where like you just like would read dr seuss all day uh, do you guys was that a thing for you guys i don't I, know when they started that I, I heard about this it's a uh, concentration camp in vietnam <laughs> Uh, no, so like Dr. Seuss all day. Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss like pushed for this like program read across America. And so like it was a day like we wouldn't have to do any other subjects like we wouldn't have to do math or anything like that. We would oh, come I remember in, that. We did that pajamas sure. and like bring in like blankets oh, and pillows. You could do like a blanket for and then you just like read books. But like you'd also read Dr. Seuss. No. Um, so on those days, they would make in the cafeteria green eggs and ham. For us no. and i was just like no, no make it, it was green. Like, the most disgusting looking thing i'm like why would anyone want to eat oh. that? Uh, did you ask anybody in the army sorry. before 2000 yeah what green eggs and ham is dude that's what they serve you every oh, time God. you're in the field it comes out of something called a mermite and it's been cooked for like 10 days it's like mermite what australians put on their they shit could literally slide out like a sleeve you could slice it like bread it's so green and old yeah, I, th I, th I thought That's Mermite was that Australian thing. spray that smells funny. <laughs> oh, it's Vegemite. Marmite. Vegemite. Marmite is, yeah. Oh, I well, probably no, mispronounced so the other one, too. Who knows? There's uh, there's Marmite uh, and Vegemite. Those are two that. different things. The only reason why I know what there's Vegemite is is because of the no what is Australian. song. Or no, a Minute Work. Uh, Yeah, Minute Work. Minute Work, same. Which, you know, if you go to New Zealand, there's a lot of, like, um, like, it's like a national joke. Men at work is in reference to back in the day when there were just like a bunch of dudes on New Zealand and no girls yet. They would have sex with the sheep because they were just hey. raising sheep. Whoa. <laughs> that, yep. took a, that, that took a left turn. It's, <laughs> it's literally, if you go to New Zealand, it's everywhere. You can buy it on like a keychain. There's like, a, they do it like a little construction sign or whatever. Men at work, like it's everywhere. And I was like, I'm sorry, what is this in I'm reference to? I'm going to talk to my friends from New Zealand right after this and be like, what's yeah. up with the sheep fucking guys? <laughs> oh, dude, I, this I'm, is a bad I'm longer idea. part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that, that's the straw that broke the camel's back right there. Um. <laughs> oh, come on here. Back. Oh, um, so libraries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We yeah, officially tainted you. You are um, you, just because, you know, I see here sometimes and I'm like, man, should I have said that? I judge myself after I say something when you're in the room 
and then you come out and hey man, I'm just drop I'm just presenting facts, man. Like that, oh, no. <laughs> I'm presenting the facts as I learn them from experience being yeah, in New Zealand. Yeah, that was hey man, I've traveled the world wild. and I've seen some weird. Oh, I shit. did watch that. I've worked on Top Gear. Before. Well, it's also like that Top Gear from episode. Today. Yeah, so you know, do you know which Grand Tour episode I'm talking about? Um, no, I've, I've definitely no. seen it though because I've watched them all, but I also <laughs> forgot what I watched yesterday. So, uh, I love that. Yeah, show, that, we'll save that for another time. I've traumatized Gary enough for today. So, um, yeah. Oh, uh, well, America. Jay, you Jay that, gave though. us a very yeah, yeah. It was a, it was a fun time, except for the gross green eggs and ham. Um, I did not like that at all. Sam, I am. Uh, you will uh, get canceled by the people that anti-cancel Dr. Seuss. That's how this Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, the people that, yeah. And so there's, like, people that just went and bought all their books. You know, like, when people are like, don't do it, then people just bought them all out of spite. Like, yeah. the Chick-fil-A. Literally. Chick-fil-A. Yes. Yes. So. You know, nothing like get a stack I mean, of mind who, comp. Who would have thought you this? Know? I mean, at this point, would I be surprised? <laughs> like, I don't, you know, like. It's going out of like, business. He was, like, real bad. Uh, yeah, no, but that's what or, happened. Like. Like. Was he worse than every other old white dude that lived in that era that it's was bad? bad like, dude. Honestly, bad, bad. Just, oh, I, I like right. his is on record. Yeah, yeah. Like on paper, <laughs> his is on record. No, bro. There's cartoons that say like um, uh, Asian in a box coming out with whatever epithet you could put. Um, doing a ja- like as a uh, uh, what do you call yeah, it? I think uh, in the box. Like people don't realize how much racism there was against Asian people and until it kind of mm-hmm. came back recently, at least came back in the news. Um, and then I think people did start to pay more attention. Yeah, just not. There's a very interesting discussion to be had about um, Asian proximity to whiteness. Um, there's a very good book, uh, Minor Feelings, um, that I read that she's Asian American and talks about talks about that a lot. Um, but that is that is a whole can of worms to open. But you know, Gary is, I yeah. A, I have an Asian American librarian that oh, I would like to get some, uh, some Asian American authors. She's, she's my friend like from college. The only other oh, librarian. Oh, yes. 1000%. That'd be amazing. That's all. What? What? I do. Yeah. That would be Exactly great. two. Who the hell knows two librarians? I, I mean, <laughs> you were, I, I, I go, do you really want to ask me that? Um, I know a lot of Not to hijack no, not the situation, <laughs> but you don't that brings up a good point. Of, uh, uh, and it's from the guy like, me, who's like Jay that hasn't gone to a yeah. library forever until yesterday, like no librarian looking librarians were at this library, you know, like it, it was just, it was, it was more men. Like I think in no. my head of a librarian is a woman and it's probably wrong to think that way. That's just how I was like thought of it. Um, it's actually, mm-hmm. you would be right. It most of the time. Pretty split. Uh, per- percentage wise, it's, it's not very even the female, it's a very female dominated field. Um, so it's interesting. I also couldn't tell like who's a librarian. Like there's people that work there and I'm like, is that guy a librarian? Like, cause they work there. I don't know who's the librarian. Who's like, yeah, they're not Maybe you know, librarian just people, like just dressed, whatever, but it was more men than women yeah. that work there. It seemed. So it wasn't a knee length skirt with glasses on a chain. Zero turtlenecks. With a bun and a turtle. Zero. <laughs> it's also 115 degrees in Las That's Vegas. That's not the uniform, the stereotype. Yeah, it was just, it was younger people and men. They're mm-hmm. mostly there. Like, well, like 30-something-year-old dudes, I think, was, like, three or four employees there. There was, like, a really old lady there that was, like, putting books back, but I don't know if she worked there or just... Yeah, she could have been a volunteer. She could have been part-time. Yeah, we, we have a lot of volunteers that come in. We have, like, a page, like, a library page, and she does a lot of, like, shelving and stuff like that. 
her last name's Turner, guaranteed. That's that's the title of the position, Gary, not her name. <laughs> oh, they, yeah. oh, really? That's a thing. That's an actual position. Is a page, a library page. Yeah. Oh, page. I thought that was like the king's like lackey. It is also that. Uh, well, a knight, a knight's kind of like lackey, but yeah. yeah. Well, you did use patronization earlier in a way that I was not mm -hmm. familiar with it being used. Um, it's always got a negative context to me. I and I know patrons and you know, but patronize. It's always had a negative yeah. context to me. And I'm glad all of us patronize different businesses. And I patronize people right? when I'm being a smartest. We all go and we all go and support them and buy products from them or go there and yeah. Same. It, it, it just yeah. was a little light bulb in the corner. That it was a way that to use a word that I hadn't podcast. used. Now that brings me to a mm. question. Since you are our archivist, historian, librarian, Smart. and all things uh, vocabulary as well, um, we had a discussion on the detention no episode, question. which you have not heard yet. I don't Gary, so probably not Gary Gary it, it is uploaded. Um, <laughs> I made a statement regarding um, a potential dean okay. that was coming on to the show to discuss uh, pharmacology, um, mm. drugs, mental health, and those drugs being two types amongst others. And I used a word, I used illicit and I used licit. Licit's not a word, is it? Like how superstitious, but stitious is not a I've word. never heard anyone say licit. I don't know if it's a word or not though. Mm. I'm hanging here, man. I might, I might be wrong. I did not Google it. Do we want to Google it now? Do we want to? I'm fairly confirm? certain for it to be illicit, there has to be licit. Well, there's superstitious like superstitious and, and no like stitious. stitious. Cause like on the office, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm a little I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. That's what you said. And he did say that on the show. I'm, I'm, I'm just, looking, I'm looking I'm, right now. I'm banking. Um, my vocabulary is not. Oh great. man, this is going to be embarrassing. It's, it is. I forgot about this. It is a word. And you were wrong. It oh, is. Fuck. Yes. Eat that. Take it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> listen. Yeah. I've never. Oh, listen. Like that doesn't sound right at all. L-I-C-I-T. Like, According to you, it is a thing. Definitions from Oxford languages. So, oh, that's that. I don't Ooh, go by the Oxford guy. Not even, yeah. No. Well, it's in Merriam and Webster. What's that too. other dictionary on there? Merriam, Merriam uh, Webster. Urban dictionary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Merriam Webster there. seems to know more than this Oxford guy. So, the, the Scrabble ruling is that I get to slap the board and all the tiles across the room because I got it right. No, I do that. Isn't that what happens right? when somebody uh, tries to make you use the dictionary and loses? No, I don't think that that you word is definitely not everybody. very many points, though. I can tell you that. I don't care about how many points it is. It's, he just cares about people. It's a right. word. It's a word. It is a word. word is a word is a word. It is on the board. You be, don't be trying to shame my word. I just, that you just. Tell him yeah. he's not popular enough. I've never heard that, you know. Um, just, I've, I've never heard anyone say that before either. Uh, and she knows a lot of smart people. But to, <laughs> to get us, to get us back to the question at hand. Just qualified you, by the way. Uh, Jay gave us a very cogent answer to my role in libraries in the digital age. So, Gary, I'm curious, uh, especially given your experience yesterday in a library and seeing a lot of things you weren't expecting to see, like how how are libraries... A porn blocker? <laughs> yeah, we do have porn blocker on our computers. So. <laughs> that's, that's like, he just walks <laughs> off. Porn blocker. <laughs> Sorry. So yeah, um, what a, what is the role of libraries in the digital age, Gary? To you, I don't want to like shit on libraries mm. right now, but like that one is not was not comfortable. It was mm. hot, and a lot of people were there just escaping the heat. I think, and it was like 
the like here's things that like maybe because I'm a TV guy, but like the lighting was bad, the acoustics were bad, like oh, the I'm chairs sure. were uncomfortable. When do you so think the building like, was it, built? Like the 60s or 70s? It, it, it's crappy 80s looking in there. Yeah. Like it's like old, but not cool old in any way. It's just like should be seven years old. Yeah, it's just like uncomfortable, like weird light, like too light, but not light enough. Like low ceiling. I gotta tell you, the picture you sent with yeah. that oh, DJ it looked, room, it looked, it looked like looked, you were entering a surgical ward no, or a mental health yeah. institution. It looked like you were going to like an AA meeting. They have <laughs> no, they have those. There. Which, by the way, they those happen in a lot of libraries. No, they do. They have do. Those there. They do happen yeah. at libraries. It was like um, Vegas. Yeah. Has no culture, right? It's like like they have culture, but it's not nothing's old here. And if it's old, it's just enough old to like not be cool. They just like there's like 1950s, like mid-century modern neighborhoods that are pretty cool that I think. But then everything else is like late 70s, 80s, and just if yep. it exists still, it's crappy because yeah. they blow everything up and build new every 10 years. So if it's still like around from the 80s, it's because it's not that important or there's no money involved. So like, very Atlantic City. It, it, mm. Yeah, it's like it. Books seem to be like the last of the line of importance there. Like the DVD section. Oh yeah, was I mean, bigger. I think you've you've hit it on the head with like funding. Yeah. For public libraries, it, is, this is a social thing. Yeah, it is a social thing because like libraries are one of the I think one of the few remaining true public spaces in the U.S. I will say like I went home and looked up a bunch of libraries because I was like I got to find a cool library because this mm. one sucks and then there I like, went down the rabbit hole. There are a lot yeah of there's a ones. bunch of ones that I want to check out for sure now because um, I, I, wanna... I picture libraries as being a cool old buildings with like history and yeah. like Chicago. I was gonna really cool. say like that. I want to share my screen with you really quickly to show you the Boston Public Library. Um, look that one up. All right. While you're doing that what is librarian go. hand? Do you know what librarian hand? It's like really hard. Like, uh, no, I don't. So you can see this is the Boston Public Library. Um, yeah, that doesn't look like the one at the south end of the Las Vegas Strip. No, just saying. no. And this is actually Those are beautiful institutions. Isn't it gorgeous? Yeah. Look at that. Um, so the I Boston Public Library That's was what actually I see. based on, um, I believe, a library in in France. I could be wrong, but I think it's based on a French building. Um, so or France probably. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, people that are listening, you know, it's um, very much classically inspired, but inside it also has a lot of uh, really amazing artwork that was done by famous artists. Um, the reading room is very classic reading room. We have the vaulted ceilings. You have the wooden tables. You have the little green desk lamps. Um, but then there's also much more modern sections of the building that serve um, different functions, you know, for children and for teens and spaces like that. So it's it's a nice mixture That's, of both. I like that. Like I'm really into architecture. Uh, like when I travel, it's something I didn't care about as a kid, but yeah. now like that would be someplace I would definitely go. And as like a fake photographer, like that's a great place, you know? So I would like, that's, I went down the rabbit hole last night and checked out like, that was like one of the first ones that came up. Yeah. I think it's, a, most people say that's the best library in America. It's, uh, it's beautiful. Well, the largest is the library of Congress, right? I they have every book. Unless you uh, know that get to see everything actually... in the Vatican archives. Oh my gosh. Um, well, that's also like. When we, that's that's an episode. Li that's an episode. I have a lot of questions. Uh, yeah, that'd be fascinating to go through. Uh, library archive. I'm looking through some factoids. Two different things. Two different things. This is true. Um, that's a discussion as well. Looking through some library facts, some different things, you know, a little miscellaneous whatevers. And one of the things here was that the Library of Congress pays to reproduce popular magazines, including Playboy and Braille. 
Um, like, it sounds whack, but there's good paranormal. Art. Paranormal romance is a popular genre in prison libraries. Which, by the way, that should be a place that we're putting so much more into. If we're saying that somebody needs the opportunity to, you know, work on themselves. Uh, we can what go down that rabbit hole. What's going on outside your place? I fucking no. Is Freddy yeah, Krueger raking your windows? Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> the hell is that just doing? scraping the blades down the glass? I love, I love it. You have somebody that's trying to rake rocks off the sidewalk. I think yeah, it's like our old. landlord's, like, <laughs> landscape dude is here. I'm not editing this shit. Um, this is this is how we roll. Uh, librarians get so mad when there's noise. Like, well, I'm just let the grass grow, asshole. He's just out here like cigarette dangling from his mouth, raking oh. like. Oh man, I hate hand recycling smokers. out of the fence. I, oh, dude, the did they tell you about <laughs> the, okay. uh, uh, the yes, former gang member at? Sorry, I, I just have to tell you this. Did I tell you about him making cold the, uh, coleslaw story? Yeah. Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's the first story you ever told me when we met. It's so gross. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Never eat coleslaw again. Um, never eat coleslaw again. Okay, sorry. Back to the library. Yeah, I just like I have a few thoughts on on this question to kind of like wrap us up. I think and oh, I have like nine hundred questions written down. We're gonna have to do this again. You have nine hundred questions. Well, you can yeah, ask me some questions. Uh, well, how about no, I? I'll give my thoughts on digital libraries or like libraries in the digital yeah, age. Yeah, please then, do because that's and then huge. we can you know, have some question answer time and then we can, yeah. I've got some plugs. I'll save some of them we have, for next time. We have time. a plug for TA libraries. Oh, it's exciting. Oh, that's right. Um, so. I want to talk meta libraries. Oh boy. Um, here we yeah. go. So Googling. libraries in the digital age, like I said before, uh, yeah, libraries often serve a social communal function that people tend to dismiss if they don't actively go to libraries that like you wouldn't even think about it necessarily. Um, but I'm also interested to know um, how much you guys know about you. You can check out materials digitally from libraries. You know that, right? I know that as of last night. Yeah, I, you don't have huh? you don't have to go into a library, and you can download books onto your Kindle or your phone that are library yeah, books. And, and when I went to look up like their hours and stuff, um, I saw there's like all kinds. Do of you digitally stuff. return it? It yeah. It it gives you a time limit, and it will. Remove it from your phone when it's done. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Wow. So um, that's the main you thing. You changed everything <laughs> I know about libraries. That's, that's one of my second. questions I actually was going to ask because I'll, I'll let you finish and then I'll ask a question. Yeah. So I've been checking out ebooks on my Kindle for years now. Uh, but you can imagine that COVID really accelerated that practice for a lot of people because all of a sudden they weren't mm. able to go into any space, uh, library or like bookstore. Um, and so libraries really began to really push for their digital services, many of which already included ebook and e-audiobook services. So most of the time your public library is going to have an app or we have multiple apps that you can download onto your phone. You can check out e-books, e-audiobooks. You're given a, the same time limit you're given with your regular books from the library, and then it will automatically just return them when the time limit is up. You don't have to do anything. Um, so it's it's that's hugely amazing, convenient. By the way. I'm glad that that's available. I, it's a huge sigh of relief for those without the money to that's, purchase books yeah. or the ability to get to a library or something like that. Exactly. like. Lots of music stuff. It is, 
you know, um, space cowboy Jeff Bezos has made comments in the past about Amazon replacing libraries altogether that, you know, oh, well, people can just pay a monthly fee and get access to the books, the music, the comics, you know, the, the whatever. And I'm like, you're missing the point of libraries, which is that some people cannot afford a monthly fee. Some people rely on access to free because services, you know, like if you're family, like, and it doesn't even have to be like people think, oh, it must be just people in absolute poverty. No. What if you're a family that has five children? What if you've got five kids? You really going to buy books for all five kids? No, you are not. That is way too expensive in today's age. Like that, that's going to cost you hundreds of dollars going to the bookstore. Um, so where do but you go? Checkout is amazing. You go, you go to the library. You go to the library. Um, you don't even have to buy them. You know, and the convenience of Amazon is also another huge factor. But like now there's convenience with library materials as well. You know, so it is just as simple as like a few clicks or whatever to get to get your library book. Um, there are limitations to that. Um, if a book is really popular, you may still have to wait. And some people don't want to wait. So then they buy the book instead. Um, and that's fine. But some people can't afford it regardless. So having a space that's going to provide those materials and those services for free is very, very important. It's the underpinning of what public library work is all about. Um, and yeah, I get very upset when people um, kind of are dismissive of libraries as being these kind of like archaic, out of date places, because in reality, in a lot of ways, they aren't. But people just don't know. They're not interested. It's a marketing in problem. Yeah. Do we think this is an education issue? Because I got to tell you, they didn't sell the library well to me as a kid. No, I don't think they do. They sold yeah. that as a place where I got in trouble, yelled at, had to do work, was Broccoli. not there ever for fun. So it, honestly, it turned me off from books. Yeah. Yeah. I, which I don't think issue. is the, I, I think that the underlying issue here, or one of them is the education behind what the library's purpose is and how it can be utilized, the creation or the protection of the arts and given to the people that don't have the money to be able to take in that kind of information. That's a barrier. It is. That's a poverty barrier yeah. to intelligence, education, yes. and the rise of, of people that have been oppressed. I, I, I see what you're saying yeah. there. It, the, the library is a key to a destination that's being held by people with money. Yes, and there are so many libraries um, that offer, you know, English language courses that offer yeah, 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 um, that have there. immigration lawyers come in and speak to people about how they, you know, how they can go about getting green cards, citizenship. You know, like there are so many barriers to people of certain socioeconomic um, statuses and people of color and all of these other underprivileged groups that libraries are serving. Um, and to kind of, of time. dismiss that altogether, you're dismissing all of these people at the same time. You're just assuming that they have the same kind of privileges that you do. Um, so, yeah, the library is so much more than books and it has adapted in a lot the of library ways. library need to be branded? It needs to be branded. <laughs> Probably, That's what yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Marketing the is uh, branded. It's the marketing's terrible. Like you have people in the library have to be there. In my opinion, like when I went, it was people that had to be there. Like mm. for yeah. they didn't have enough money or it's too hot outside. 
nobody looked like they were there to like, cause they wanted to just come and check some stuff. It looked like, and I was judging the people in there, but it was woman with five kids, obviously homeless people, really old yeah. people. Like the marketing, it sucks. Like all the stuff you're telling me, like it doesn't even cross my mind. It's not like I intentionally like yeah. book the library. It just, it doesn't well, people, come into my they brain. They just don't that, associate like, that kind of stuff with yeah. libraries, you know? They need to make it cool. Like they're like, I, I was going to bring this up earlier when you said book it. I don't know who remembers book it. Do you remember this as a kid? Same thing as Riff and all that stuff, right? Yeah. It was, reading it was that Pizza Hut. Book it. Yeah. It you get pizza a hut. personal band pizza. Right. Yes. Yeah, a big button mm -hmm. and it had stars. And mm -hmm. every time you read a book, you got a star. When it's full, you got a, a free pizza. Yeah. Um, And it was like not good pizza. I'm from Cleveland, had a great pizza, but like we always liked sure the, We got our own fantastic. pizza, you know? So <laughs> as kids, we loved Book It. You know, I would lie all, the, I lied about reading a hundred Hardy Boys books in my life just so I could get free pizzas. Um, but that marketing Choose campaign adventure, had worked. It's got a different ending every time. Yep. Hmm. That's, yeah. I actually was going to talk about that too. I want to start making short films that are choose your own adventure because I think that's cool. But um, they need something like that that's modernized to like get people to like make libraries cool. Um, even just looking up the historical buildings, I never just thought like I'm into that kind of thing, but never thought like, oh, there's cool libraries and yeah. towns that I go to. Yeah, my, I look up my like library. Old courthouse was, and stuff like that. The library I work at currently was built in 1907. Um, it's a very. Cool cool old building it's an institution that's something you protect um the one that i worked in prior to this was built in 1897 so there's a lot of historic libraries in in maine like, um so i think that's what they got you know like they have podcasting class in like a dj studio at mine it looks terrible it looks like a psych ward but at least they're trying yeah um that you the know problem. they teach djing classes and podcasting and um like i think that's cool um so, but they got to tell people that I would have never known. Where am I going to find that, that out? You know, like on these, like, Hey, Riverside, you like advertise that, you know? Yeah. And podcast places like, Hey, you could go learn right at your local library. Like they should be in conjunction with but that. Then or you're making poor people smart and then they might know well, that they're being kept poor. Well, I, yeah. I mean, there's, that's a whole other thing that I'm dealing with on some documentaries that I'm producing of like, mm. you know, keep the dumb dumb and, you know, give them just enough. So they vote for you Democrats. And, um, you know, um, it's like, it, it's a press that, you know, information there. You see it right at these libraries, you know, now it's very controlled, I think, because libraries, in my opinion, are much smaller than probably they used to be. So what is in that library, I think, like, it's very hand chosen. There's hardly any books there. So there's not a huge variety. So what, what stayed? How did they decide, like, these are the books that we're keeping in this section? Is it just popularity? Um, that's the kind of stuff I was going in my brain. Cause like the history section's like really small. So like what's on that, those history shelves now, just what was the most popular or is it calculated, you know? Um, so like I'm not, I'm not the best over. person to answer this question because I don't do collection development. That's going to be something that, you know, for example, at our library, that's what our adult services librarian does. Um, she does collection development, but sorry, there's just like some redneck truck going what on outside. What happens if your collection development person is racist? Then you get a racist collection. And that's what has happened historically in the U.S. 1,000%. I Boom. Yes. You get a racist collection. Um, and so a lot of library work in recent years has been trying to undo that. Um, but yeah, so what goes into a collection um, is trying to, according to the, uh, the American Library Association guidelines, library collections should cover a range, a fair range of viewpoints. 
in each subject. Um, so there is an effort that is made to showcase all viewpoints, regardless of whether or not you agree with them, because that's what should be made available to the public. Mm -hmm. um, there is also um, for individual libraries, what what people like check out. So we do look at statistics, what goes out and what doesn't. Um, that's going to influence what we buy next, because we it's not like we have huge budgets that we can just waste money buying books that we know are likely not to get checked out at all. Um, and then also patron requests. Uh, have we gotten a lot of requests for a particular item? Uh, is the wait list for some books extremely long? We need to get a copy of this, you know. Um, so those are things that I know go into collection development. But obviously, like I said, I'm not the best person to answer that question. Um, it's interesting because you don't want to erase the past, right? And so there's like a lot of racist literature that has been obviously, you know, especially in America. But if you take that off the shelves, like people are saying, we're like trying to hide the history mm. and, you know, like forget about it. But then if you, you know, keep too many on the shelves, it's like reiterating that. Those, museums are so, cool. So it's kind of like. It is. I mean, sh should we pull all this stuff off the library shelves from that, those areas? I mean, or I think, some, uh, or? I think Jay kind of hit it on the head there. Uh, museums, archives, special collections. Um, those are the places that can house a lot of this material that's historical, um, but maybe is not something that we want people reading and taking as fact. That's the problem, you know, because in the library, there's not a lot of like context to the books. Right. Um, so when you talk about like removing um, racist monuments, for example, um, a lot of times the solution is not necessarily to remove it entirely, but to put context. Right. You You have the signage that states you know this person was a slave owner they they've done these these and these things but they also you know owned slaves like blah 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 um that provides context to the monument so we're not glorifying the monument um but we're also not necessarily removing it so that people can just forget that this happened you know um when you're in a library um that's not something we can necessarily do with every single book you know, so like if we kept like a, a historical book that has like very racist overtones, undertones, you know, whatever, um, we are, we're not necessarily going to be able to like label every single book like don't take this as fact. This is racist. <laughs> um, so in that case, you know, it's probably not something that would. You have to put disclaimers. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably not something that would stay in a public library collection, but it is something that would be preserved in a special collections or an archive or in a museum. So uh, that's my view on it. Not everyone, not everyone thinks that way. Uh, that's just my opinion. No, you've actually opened my eyes in a lot of different ways. And I, I would love to continue the conversation, which is fantastic because we're going to have more conversations like this. Do you want to explain to everybody um, what an episode, you, we actually talked about what an episode would look like as a, as the TTA library that it's going yes. to do, focus on authors, publishing, anything and everything related to books yes. um, and, and information and that kind of thing. Uh, so I think everybody can look forward to that as something that we'll be releasing more often. Um, Jennifer will be a part of it. Um, we're super excited. She'll be, uh, teaching us a lot of different things, but more so the opportunity to get creators, um, and people that don't have the ability to get this information together on the same page. Mm. Um, I think, I think, um, showcasing that literature is an art. Whether it's nonfiction, whether it's fiction, whether it's, you know, comedy, whether it's, it's still, it's still an art that needs to be protected, preserved, and discussed. Um, 
Apparently, there is also a dirt bike there's, track. There's like a I crop duster outside. Like I was going to say, is that a dirt bike track or like it's a plane? <laughs> she she just got the new like sound effects button on Riverside. She's like, yeah, oh. I've got like the roadcaster over here. I'm just pressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sweet. <laughs> Every time I'll, I'll be like throwing the construction plane. noise in next. You know. So yeah, here comes a barge. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. So yeah, look for library episodes they'll be um categorized that way and there'll be information that you can learn from and of course a lot of shenanigans and bs because that's what we do yep uh, i don't take anything overly serious but at the same time um i want to thank you jennifer for pointing out some really important things that i don't think people realize and uh, you opened my eyes because one of the things that I always point out to people is that the world was illiterate for a long time. Yes. And a very small fraction of humans were given the rights or the ability to read and write. And the rest of it was kept from. Literacy is a gift. And it is a gift. And I think a lot of people. We get it until the 60s don't. on most of the world. Yeah. And we're going backwards. I've looked at some statistics yes. recently. Yes. It is a gift. It but is thank powerful you for being a protector and for thank recognizing you. that it needs to be maintained. It's a it's a gift. It's a treasure that we need to keep. And I'm grateful to you for maintaining that. I'm also grateful to you for putting up with us um, during an episode where you're trying to discuss something <laughs> so something that you're so passionate about. I think we behaved <laughs> just, pretty well. I think you guys did a good uh, job. Did we? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm All like, right. I bit my tongue like 73 times, so like it's bleeding. Do I get like a scratch and sniff ticker to take home or something like Two that? Two gold stars. I want the one that says you're great, <laughs> you know, or something like that. <laughs> what? What is that? That's not a thing. Grape? What? That is definitely a scratch and sniff you sticker. You don't know what a scratch and sniff sticker? Nah, but like not one that's that lame. We had like the fart. Oh, please. They were all lame. They all, like, I mean, what? Scratch none and of them really smelled wasn't like lame. anything. Yeah. Yeah, they all just no, smelled like the same They were just chemical. chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a faint Kool-Aid smell. Yeah, I used to sniff them for like five hours straight. Is that weird? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> pretty weird. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. Pretty but weird. But as we're wrapping up so, today's episode, <laughs> I did want to talk about the grand opening of the Tragedy Academy bookstore. Yes. <laughs> um, so oh, check them out. If you're listening or watching are we publishing the video or just doing audio i don't know um, i think we're gonna just uh I, I can only do so many videos yeah so if you're <laughs> listening to this you can head on over to bookshop.org slash shop slash the tragedy academy there are lists of our personal book recommendations that have already been loaded so you can take a look at what we're reading what's been influential to us and in the future we'll be building um a list of author books featured on the show um, so you get an awesome book uh, while supporting us at the same time. It's a win-win. So make sure to check it out. A lot, Love, a lot of variety yeah, there. Cool it's all over. Yeah, yep. we do. We do. Yeah, there's a lot of variety. So we're all very some, different. Something for everyone. Yeah. 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 Mine have pictures. It. Lots of pictures. Gary, you got anything? Uh, I thought about a lot of things I haven't thought about before just after meeting you and like learning about library sciences or whatever, if that's even a word. It is. Um, but just yesterday going to the library, seeing what they have. I went down kind of the rabbit hole and like, you know, they have the largest collection of concerts um, in one place mm -hmm. on an app that's, and I just started watching those last night. Holy like, crap. It's, yeah, they, well, they tout to have the largest in the world, but there's thousands of concerts on there. I'm a huge music dork. Um, and that was just something I just didn't even think about music libraries. Yeah. Um, they have a million movies there. Yeah, we could get them all on our phone, but sometimes it's cool to like go look on the shelves, like 
feels like old school, but you could see like, you know, you always, it's like whatever on your Netflix, like vinyl. it's like curated or whatever to what you like. So you're only seeing like shit they think you want to see. But if you go to a library or something, you look at all these different things. There's yeah. like stuff you would have never thought to check out. Mm. A couple of movies I wrote down just from looking at the library yesterday that I was like, oh, that's interesting or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I, marketing is my thing. Um, and you know, I've been a television producer for 20 years and everything. And I think the libraries have a marketing issue. It's a huge problem because talking to you, there's a bunch of stuff that I'm like interested in now, but I never thought about it. Like it didn't cross my mind. And then also as a person in television, I in a way control some information that goes out there. Um, and thinking all the way back to how that started with libraries and books and what was yeah. published or what was made public. Um, just got me thinking like a whole, you know, a whole different way. Um, and I love books. Um, I like physical books. I can't read on a Kindle. So I have records. Um, I have tapes. Like I don't like everything to be digital. So it's cool that they still exist because I want to have that. You know, mm. I don't want to give it back. Kind of like you said earlier, yeah. like <laughs> powers of mine. Like, um, but they also sell books at the library here too. I mean, they're fifty cents. They've been in way too they many. They do. Hands. Yeah, we have a we have a book yeah. sale always. Books are a dollar or like CDs. Yeah. Like you know, it's support yeah. your local libraries. Yeah. I think that's what we can say right yeah. now. We need to there's a lot of stuff like you said sure that we're yeah. voting go check it out because you never know you never know what your local library is going to cool have stuff there. and now we have yeah. a big trend perfect timing <laughs> oh even better <laughs> yes <laughs> what you don't see is Jennifer is actually uh, doing the same thing Gary was doing giving like the honk your horn sign where you pull your arm down she's that close to the tracks <laughs> yeah I mean she just almost got hit her hair is like blowing in the wind they hold the they hold her lunch out the side of the window and she grabs it on the way by like a mailbag. No, if that if that train that that train ever derails in front of our apartment, we're just oh you're screwed man. for sure. It sounds like it's going through it's your back right now. Yeah, you're, you're yeah, you are a rail. You they just fly off the tracks every day. Yeah, we're here trouble. Yeah, we'll be on the day. Bro, I'm telling you, take a look. Go look up the facts. How many trains crash this year and how many planes? Uh, I'm going to look. And I'll probably lose like this. It's going to be this illicit thing all over again. Now you have to look. All right. Let's get out of here. We're going to be sitting here forever. This is an hour and 31 minutes. Rock on. We are. <laughs> it didn't seem like. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be like a 20 minute episode. Yeah. When I saw your outline, I was like, <laughs> holy shit. We're going to be here for a while. Yeah, I, I did <laughs> study a lot of shit. I felt like I needed to study though. Yeah, there's like it's marketing. It's well, all marketing. Everything in the world. This is an after school. Yeah, I talk about this all the time. It's like if you have the best sandwich in town and nobody knows you have it, then no one's gonna eat the sandwich. You know, it's like this is marketing. When, for sure. And like the teen stuff seemed cool. Like no, yeah. They, but the germophobia in me was like I had to pee really bad. I'm like I'm not going in that bathroom. It's like four homeless people walking out at the same time when I walk towards. Like, oh, at the same time, that's extra. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're doing dope. They're definitely that's a meeting drugs in there. <laughs> that's that's not happenstance yeah. when there's four of them at once. Yeah. No, it's not. Nah, you could you could tell they were all doped out. It's uh I saw domestic violence in the parking lot. Um it was it's it's right next to a weekly apartments. Easy not to look at. I honestly like I pass that building every day and mm -hmm. I just never thought about it. It's a nondescript like brick building with the sign that's half fallen off. Yeah. Um, but it got me looking into like cool libraries too, that I want, I'm definitely going to start checking them out. I'm going to go to Europe pretty soon and I've already looked at uh, like ones that I will definitely go see. Oh yeah. They've been around forever. So you get to go in and take it. Beautiful libraries there. 
All yeah. right, guys. Yeah, I think uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of yeah. questions I want to ask on different topics, just depending on what, you know, as yeah, we This go, isn't one but... episode. I think we're also grabbing here because we want... I have so many questions as yeah. well and so many topics I want to discuss that I feel like if I if I end this episode, we're not going to get a chance to talk about them, but that's not the case. We're going to get the chance to get specific topics and talk about one. Yeah, send them to us. It's Definitely not. hit us up oh, on social media. Write them down. Show at tragedyacademy.com. Uh, check us out Instagram, Twitter, yeah. all that happy crap. Um, TikTok, Gary does dances. Um, he does whatever trend out most recently. I'm learning hula on Friday night. He is. I mean, he did. Him and Beverly. Him. Gretchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Betty Picture and Beverly. Gertrude. All the golden girls yeah. are there. Betty. I hope there's a Blanche there. Oh, definitely a Blanche. There's always a Blanche. Judith. Blanche rules. <laughs> All right. Remember, everybody, be cool and keep learning. I thought it was over. What's up, academics? This episode is sponsored by PodPage. Build a beautiful podcast website in five minutes. Automatically create a beautiful listener-friendly podcast site from your RSS feed. So you can import your RSS feed into this site and it automatically generates everything for you. Puts in your artwork, puts in your show notes, puts in all those links, your guest info, everything right there. You get to customize the design to create a professional look that you'll be proud of in a few clicks. You don't have to have a coding background. Don't have to have technical knowledge. This is all plug and play. Choose the design you like, fit and tailored to your brand, the right colors, the right layout. So many different things to choose from. The templates are endless. If you're a beginner, then go to PodPage and find the most organized way to create and monetize your show using the easiest templates. Start out on the right foot. And for veterans, have you been looking for a way to streamline your workflow and focus on what matters? The content? or your listeners, then go to PodPage. Plug in your RSS and preview your site for free. No more WordPress and YouTube videos to figure out what else needs to be integrated. Not only will you get the best centralized podcast website, you're going to also find all the missed opportunities for monetization, branding, and critical integrations at the click of a mouse. Whether you want to start a new show or take your existing one to a whole new level, PodPage is the best source to create your site. There are three tiers to choose from, free, basic, and pro. Basic gets you that custom domain, free, get your feet wet. And then of course, pro, that's where you engage your listeners. So get out there, go to the tragedyacademy.com, click on the sponsors tab and help support the show by clicking the pod page link and purchasing your new site today. And remember academics, be cool and keep learning.